is up, squad, and happy new year. Welcome to the first Pod Squad episode of 2021. It's been a full year since we've came to you last. Um, I am your host today, Brandon. With me in the squad today, we have Mr. JT. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I am fantastic. How are you, buddy? I'm uh, not as fantastic as you, but I'm, 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 I'm no, I'm close. I'm close. Uh, also with us, also with us today, uh, we have Mr. Joshua. How are you, sir? I am swell, my guy. Hanging swell. in there. That's a good word. Out. I like that word usage. Swell is really, you know, br- bringing it back. That homeschool vocabulary. Busting out the bro. vocab. <laughs> that that the homeschool vocab. vocabulary. Fun fact: all of us, three, three of us, were homeschooled, which is really unfortunate because not when we write outlines, none of us might are explain anything right. some of our idiocy. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's been a good week so far. Um, we actually had a meeting about the podcast. We decided to get together. Um, like in real life out in the COVID world and we got some barbecue, which was a good time. And we also got Mr. JT, his first ever cigar. How was that, man? It was a good experience. Um, it was a lot more relaxing than I anticipated. So, you know, in true, true fashion, I went and had another one with my other brother and Joshua tonight. Right. We just sat out for like an hour. I've created an addict. I feel horrible because now he has another one for Thursday. Well, there are worse things. I mean, it's not meth, so yeah, exactly <laughs> progress. So, like I said, I'm gonna have to join you one night with my uh, my tryhard pipe because when I did get your cigar, I got my favorite ever pipe tobacco. It's like a butterscotch. Uh, it's just this sweet smell. Oh my goodness! My wife loves the smell of it. She doesn't like smoking at all. Like she's she's the most clean person I know. She doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything. However, she loves the smell of my pipe tobacco. So good your stuff. wife is pretty amazing. Okay, so you, I, I you think so too. Job. Oh, thanks, buddy. You yeah. lucked out. She I, is I, way out of your league, buddy. I did. Although she did get my number first, which I'll have to tell that story one time on the podcast. But anyway, moving on from there. Uh, so, um, this point where we share about our week, kind of shared a bit already. We had our podcast meeting, but JT also did something that was kind of cool. JT, why don't you tell us what you did? I got to drive a Tesla for the first time. Oh, boy. Not. Not a whole, not, not anybody really knows this because I haven't talked about it. I've been very um, anti-Tesla because of the people that I've talked to who drive them. They've all been pretty pretentious and not fun to talk to about the car. Right. But a buddy came over who you actually used to work where Brandon and I work. Um, he came over for uh, New Year's Eve to watch the ball drop and have a few drinks. And Love I was like, guy. you know what? He's a cool dude, actually. Yeah, um, he is. I was like, you know what? Before we start drinking, can I drive your car? And he's like, sure. So we went on a test drive. And, well, I say test drive, but um, it was it was a definitely a neat experience because I am very much a true blue American muscle. Like I drive a three ninety two Hemi Dodge Charger, and but like gas guzzlers, right? <laughs> you dig them right. Um, but it was it was a cool experience. That car is smarter than I am, and it makes driving. <laughs> A, a weird experience like i got to test the the autopilot i got to test the zero to 60 and as i said i drive a 392 scat pack charger and his car does a zero to 60 much faster than mine does which is crazy so it's wild and he was kind of breaking it down and at this exact moment i can't remember exactly what happens but just the way you get in and you start like you get in the car and the car is on Right, you know right. what I mean. It was it was a weird experience. Says it's time to go. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Feels <laughs> exactly. goes. Oh, this is the owner. Let's go. <laughs> or I shouldn't even say room because um, it's more like super quiet. It doesn't make a right, sound. Right. Yeah, like he because where I live, there's this little square that you can take, 
and it's a bunch of straight shots. And he was like, and I got to one of the really long straight shots around where I live. And he was like, all right, slow down, stop and stand on it. I'm like, all right, don't tell me twice. Um, <laughs> and, and the ground was a little wet where, because it rained where we are. Mm. And so the tire started to spin and the computer in the car was like, no, you're going to stop for a second and then start over, which was weird, but right. It was a cool experience. I, I have, like I said, I've been very anti Tesla since they came out because I'm, I, I like to hear my engine rumble. Right. I like to feel my engine rumble, Yeah, but not because even, even before you had that, that was, you have a challenger now, right? No, Charger. 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 Even before you had the Charger, you had a really nice Mustang, too. I mean, pretty much the whole time that I've known you, you've had nice muscle cars. So it's always been your kind of your calling card. And it was was a cool experience, and not going to lie, like I said, after I pay my car off in a few years, I might look into getting a used Tesla Model S. Not that this is a sponsored podcast or anything, but But it's it's a neat experience. And Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. It's just a cool experience and I'm and and anybody who might listen to this in the future who's never driven a full electric car give it a shot. It's a neat experience. Yeah, honestly Tesla's the first one that I've ever thought was actually fun to drive and that was the difference. Like Elon Musk was like most electric cars are boring, right? So he's they like really well, let's make one that's actually fun to drive and that's pretty much what his goal was. You know, I just like Elon Musk the, the person in your car. Yes, you are, well, yeah, there's, like, there's all sorts of things you can do to your car. Like, they can dance, they can do silliness. He just what was cool about uh, uh, Elon Musk is he was like, let's make car making cool again. Like, and he basically was like trying to like go back right. to the olden days when they were making the Model T and things were cool. And you know, it was a really experience to buy a new car, and that's pretty much what he tried to remake. And so I appreciate that. There's actually and, a little bit and, of Americana just just with that type of mindset, honestly. And I'm going to refer to the owner of the car as Luch from here on out because he Luch. has a cool name. Yeah. Um. But he he was kind of telling me about how the whole car buying process went, and he said it was the easiest car buying experience he's ever had. Right. Because the price you see on the internet is is the price you're going to pay, taxes and everything included. Right. And they don't actually, I don't know how true this part is because I've not ever researched a Tesla, but they don't have actual like uh, car dealerships. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But. When you go through when you when you go to buy a Tesla, you you basically order it online and it goes to a uh, uh, a service center and they deliver it there. Then they set it up for you and you go pick it up and that's it. Right, right. Um, and, but he was telling if me if about I'm buying a car that's a super cute supercomputer. That thing better pull up to its house for me. Uh, some of them do. Well, just saying, there's a couple models that actually do that. Do. His was yeah. a 2014, so it was like the first or second generation of the oh, car. Right. Okay. But, but like if you go if you pull up he was telling me like if you pull up to a supercharging station where you have to sit there and wait for your car to charge, which is weird to say because you know gas is a thing. Like you can download games onto the screen slash tablet that's in the car and play them while you wait. I don't know how true this is. I haven't been able to do a whole lot of research, but he's like he he said that they're actually in talks with Nintendo to get like Mario Kart on the uh, oh dude supercharging. What's cool? The supercharger too it actually doesn't take that long. I like the new ones, it's like twenty minutes and you're good to go. Like exactly, and 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 he said, and again, this is not a plug for Tesla or any. Uh, yeah, but go to Tesla like slash Pod Squad. I'm just kidding. Right, dude, I wish. 
But he said, like, if you go get a used one between like 2015 and 2019, if you get a used one, you get like unlimited supercharges. So you just pull up, plug in, and you go. And and like I said, they're working on and they're working on games and stuff that you can play while your car is charging, and it won't affect the charge and things like that. Right, right. But but like I said, I've been very anti-Tesla from the beginning because I like the rumble of a V8 engine. Right, I like the sound. I like the way it feels. I like the way it responds. Right. But that was definitely one of the coolest experiences driving a car. And I've driven some pretty cool cars in my time. Nothing right. like a Ferrari or anything like that. Because, you know, middle class life. But if you could do anything. But no, it was. It's like when you drive it, the cyberpunk theme plays in the background. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you get in it. It's like it's 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 super level, yeah. roomy. It was it was a cool experience. And well, I'm, I, I'm glad you like had I that said, experience, buddy. Sounds like you had a good time. I had a phenomenal time doing it. That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Joshua, what'd you do this week? Any play any cool games? What'd you do? Dude, I've been keeping life simple. Yeah. I've been playing the absolute crap out of Minecraft. Dude, that's a good time. There you go. Me I've, and I've been a in the few of my buddy, that, so. yeah, me, me and my buddies, the, the Foxy Boys, as we call ourselves, we started a new realm. Okay. And we actually just killed the Inner Dragon, and we're currently working on gearing up for the Wither. But Very neat. Okay. Other than that, Honestly, not 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 much has been changing with me. Keeping it simple, playing video games, chilling out. I actually, I, uh, I was out two days of work. Didn't work yesterday or today because guy at my job got COVID and he worked a day. Um, when he wasn't feeling well, before he ever like even thought about that he had COVID, and before he got tested. So anybody that worked with him has to go get tested before right. they can come back. And we had to close down for like four days. So. Nice, thanks, guy. Yeah, I got a got a couple free days to just relax. Played Minecraft for about eleven hours yesterday. I think. Dude. So I, when I play Sometimes games for that long, I start that, to, You do. So when I play games for that long, though, I start to dream about the game. And then I have to stop playing Dude. the game. Like if I play it, like <laughs> if if I split it on multiple days, it's not a big deal. But if I do like one sit through where I'm playing like more than six hours, I start to dream about it, and it throws me off so it's bad. Take over your brain. It does. It's horrible. <laughs> uh well, yeah well, well cool good stuff uh i um i heard you had a cool experience with your xbox account today or I the did. other day i did have a cool experience mr jt over <laughs> here i i was late for work i had to work a couple overnights unfortunately um and then mr jt over here he's like hey why don't you turn your xbox on when you get home and i'm like oh and i was worried like something was wrong like why he goes oh no there's an update and jt and i you know, normally that's our day where we play games together right um, you know, and this week we all went to Sundays lunch. Sundays and Mondays, man. Yeah, su- Sundays particularly. We kind of this is the part where we, this, that's when I get my game again because I work the other days. Um, so he says, "No, I just want to make sure we can play." I said, "Okay, cool." And I get home. It's like four o'clock in the morning, and I start. I said, "Hey, you have a, a a redemption code?" I said, "Oh, what's this?" I pull up the redemption code, and sure enough, it is Call of Duty Cold War. And I'm like, "Oh yeah," because I was sitting here, and I'm and I'm getting stimulus money, but I also have three kids. So I'm the only one here that has kids, and I'm like, you always feel bad when you're not spending money on them or taking care of them. So I was like, I haven't, I hadn't picked up the new game yet, so I've been putting it off. And JT over here bought it for me. Thank you, sir. Again, uh, you are a scholar. You are a scholar. And a ge- so yeah, he didn't do it anonymously. He literally sent his username, so he kind of got busted. I really on it. didn't do it. He got he got busted on it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and so we got to play together. Um, and I will give my review real quick of it. So, uh, Call of Duty Cold War. For those who haven't played it. Plays very different from Modern Warfare, I have to say. It feels... In a good way. In a good way. Um, I would actually say it kind of feels like Battlefield in some aspects. 
Um, I like Modern Warfare because I feel like Modern Warfare is, for all intents and purposes, more realistic in a way. Yeah. Cold War is definitely more for the arcade shooter, but it's optimized very well in that regard, right? Very smooth. The sprinting feels smooth. Um, for people who like the typical Call of Duty style, running, gunning, and sniping, this is the game for you. The reason I like Modern Warfare because it wasn't like that. It was more um, gun operator type stuff. Like it felt more like you were, you know, doing corners and mounting, and there was different things that made it feel more like how you would actually use a gun. Which I know it sounds really weird, and people who people people are uh, you shoot guns and be like that's silly. But when you play Modern Warfare, like the, just between the sounds and everything, it just felt a little more realistic, a little bit. Um, Cold War is not that, but however, it's still. For for a game wise, it's very well optimized, very smooth, super enjoyable. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I gotta say, I'm liking it a whole lot. Their their big team mode is a lot better than the big team mode on Modern Warfare. While not getting rid of vehicles, they made it basically the maps. They made the map smarter, while at the same time lowering the player count, so the game plays a little bit smoother. It's not as overwhelming. You don't have snipers who can just yeah. sit on the other side of the map and pick you off at your spawn. That was always oh, the bi- always the biggest problem. I mean, sniping is still extremely OP. Like I went the first time I picked up a sniper, pre-made class, I didn't do anything on that. I picked up a sniper and got 13 kills in a row on an open map. Basically quick sniping. And I'm not a good sniper. So people who who um I would say I would say that in a way that Cold War is kind of like easy mode, right? Because it's so well optimized uh, so well optimized that um you cannot be amazing at Call of Duty, but still be pretty good at that game, right? And it, which is good because right. then you'll play more and you'll get better at Call of Duty. Also brings new players that will and stick. That, that's and that's why I think they did it, right? So it's like certain guns are OP. Um, the hitboxes seem kind of big. Um, like I said, it's like Call of Duty, but a little bit on easy mode. But that's not always a bad thing because I pretty much every game mode that I played on there, I had fun playing. Like I, not, there is not, it's yeah. not, it's not very often that I can just put the the, the quick list on every game mode. And then enjoy every single game mode that comes up because their quick list literally has the 16v16, the 3v3, Dom, Team Deathmatch, everything. And I can just go in and out of random games and enjoy every single game I played. So There's nothing worse than hopping on a new game and just getting stomped on every game right, immediately. Right. And I haven't had too many issues with, with the. Uh, apparently, a lot of people complained about the. Um, what's it called? The matchmaking, how the, the matchmaking worked. I don't think it's been the too missed. bad yet. Although I've, I I have played a number of hours, but it still hasn't actually given me a rank or a, or a or KD. Um, so I'm guessing that maybe that's why. I'm so I'm yeah. mostly just playing whatever JT's KD is, and pretty much JT and I have been going in, and we've just been kicking butt and taking names. Actually, I will say, as as someone who does the camo challenges, I decided to start with the snipers. Right. If I have a really 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 good game going in uh, at the beginning of my gaming session i have two or three games where it's just like okay this is annoying because it it, yeah. it scales it up towards like for example this is not me not me saying i'm super skilled at the game but one time i went like 25 and like six mm-hmm. so after that game I, I got <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Granted, I was also sitting in one spot on Nuketown that that lets you look down. One the time I camped and, and, tw- and got twenty five kills. You know. And let well, me guess, that was the most space. boring game you've played so far. No. No, he was having fun. Um, he was winning. You kidding me? It's like, are you winning, JT? Yeah, but, I was like, sure, I am. Dumb. 
but but then the next like three or four games you get stuck in in lobbies that are skill mates skill matchmaking yeah, match yeah. oh man you know and maybe i didn't uh, experience that because because i was playing random like every different lobby was different right so it's not keeping me in the same lobby and it's putting me at different game types and so maybe i haven't experienced that yet because every game was a different style of game so maybe if I was just playing right. like that one day you and I were playing Dom, we had a couple games that were definitely they were better than us. Um, and so I was like, no, I, I really like to just mix it up. And so you're like, OK, so we had like a little bit of a mix in there. Actually, I think we got off. But that next I got on later that day and I, I went back to just playing a different game every time. And that kind of seems to get rid of that, which which I know a lot of people just like. And that was one, one of the man, things but, that I've know. noticed. And that was one of the things I've noticed playing this game because I've more or less stopped playing Modern Warfare unless I switch over to Warzone, which right. is technically its own game. Um, when you when you stay in a lobby, you tend to play the same people, and they don't right. really switch like up that. the teams. Yeah. Which, which is weird, considering like if one team absolutely obliterates, they don't mm. don't split that team if they stay in the same lobby. Whereas yeah. in Modern Warfare, you're playing in a different lobby every single match. Right, right. But yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Actually, they also brought back the. uh map voting which was a big thing in the black ops series which kind of right. they kind of got away from oh they did find it yeah, yeah yeah it's in it's yeah. in there so now. you can well, play the same the map reason they didn't well and the reason they didn't used to do that is because they would they would preload maps right to try to speed up the the times yeah um, and i would like to point out that i'm actually playing on the xbox one s i'm not playing on the new one um but even with that the game looks better than modern warfare and i would say that it plays very smooth i think i've had it crash twice um but I that's it. Yet. Right. Well, you're also on the X, which is a little more powerful than the S. Uh, the Xbox One X, I want to say. Right. So, but, but there were, it was, it was mild stuff. It was like a menu got frozen. Like, okay, no big deal. And it was like, that's out of like six or seven hours. Yeah. Right. That's not, a, that's not a big deal at all. And the menus are already smoother than modern world. That happens with games that have been out for years. Right. Exactly. So it's like, so, it, it was, was much more optimized than modern warfare was, which is like, which I can appreciate the fact they took the time to do that. And that was one of our biggest, um, I don't want to call it a complaint because we weren't really paying attention until but it recently, was annoying. but one of our yeah. biggest complaints with Modern Warfare is like as soon as it starts trying to matchmake, as soon as it's done loading like your skill and everything and working right. in the, the skill-based matchmaking, it kicks you out of whatever menu you're working on or looking right. in if you're not on the main And it's really buggy screen. to get back into it. Yeah. yeah and it, it yeah. loses its mind and then all of a sudden you're in the game and, and, and the the, the weapon classes you're trying to uh change is not at all what you were trying to do because it just froze and you're just stuck with it unless you wait to unless you go in at the beginning of the match and, and edit it the way you want it to be edited and that takes 30 seconds and you're yeah, already yeah. behind in the game right yeah so definitely a lot smoother when things of that like i said overall i'm impressed with the game um they definitely optimize the game itself more uh, as far as choices there's not a whole lot of guns um, but the guns there that are, that are good and there is enough variety to enjoy. I will say the guns definitely are better than the Modern Warfare guns, and you can tell that when you play um, Warzone. Uh, right, right now, apparently, the Warzone's broken because the DMR is such a powerhouse, and that's from the new one. But all the new games, it's, it's, all the new guns, and again, they are that good on regular Cold War versus there was no guns that were really that good in Modern Warfare that would kill like some of these guns kill. So it makes sense. I, I, I actually playing the multiplayer. I'm like, I don't know how these guns would in the world. Cause you, you'll add attachments to these guns. Right. And usually in modern warfare, it balances it out. If you add a bigger barrel, 
your speed lowers. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> but for this game, it doesn't do that. Pretty much the first four or five upgrades on each slot, there's no negatives. It's only when you have the fifth or like the sixth or seventh one at the very bottom, you get like, oh, it's a little bit less speed, but more ADS or whatever it is, right? And which means you get a lot. Basically, you're getting free upgrades and not losing out at anything versus Modern Warfare. Everything was a trade. So right off the bat, just how yeah. they had how they had the philosophy, how their guns worked. Um, Cold War, Cold War, Cold War was just going to have an edge. There was just no, there was no getting by it. Well, it's funny you say that. As as of this recording on January sixth of twenty twenty one, not twenty twenty, they actually released a uh, an update that that balanced the DMR and the Type sixty three, and there was a couple other guns and and the the dual wheel diametes to oh, make okay. them not as on on Warzone. As far as I could tell from the articles that I read, they were Warzone specific patches. Right. So so those guns are not going to be as as uh op right so and that's good we'll see if that's true because i haven't yeah. played today because you know yeah. life happened and i decided i was gonna go have a life outside of video games today um but, but what a loser but you wow know what? You say I that like i wasn't hanging out with you <laughs> I was gonna say, josh and i were in the same spot today um but so they they have been been listening to their fan base and as far as i can understand listening to the the top streamers that i follow i say top as if they're huge but the the streamers that i do follow that 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 um the people who are on top of warzone as far as the updates and the the way it runs and the servers and stuff were off for christmas yeah and that's why there was such a long stretch of guns not being fixed so that makes sense. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I haven't actually personally played with the uh, the guns that were considered meta for this season specifically, because, like I said, I go for camo challenges and beat my head against um, <laughs> the wall trying to get them done. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, I feel that. So yeah, so cool. So like I said, as of the sixth today, January sixth, they did release an update that was supposed to balance some of the weapons and make them less just dummy OP. Right. Yeah, and which is good because it, it definitely needed to happen. One thing I will say is interesting, just and, and, and we'll we'll tie up here, um, the fact that streamers have such an influence now, right? Because they're the ones that are kind of reflecting, not reflecting, influencing public opinion, right? Because they're saying because you know they know the games, they're playing it all day, so not only are they basically 20 you know seven day a week testers for the game um but they also have audiences that they're going to influence the opinion of too so the things that they say yeah. it's, it's kind of it's, it's almost easier for a game company to go figure out what everyone believes right because you know a lot of times a lot of people have a lot of different opinions right but they go look at like the top 20 streamers and see what they're saying and typically streamers kind of mimic each other uh they'll tell you what's wrong because they're playing it all day long they'll tell you hey this menu's jacked this is this this is you know what i'm saying and they're like oh that's actually good stuff and then they can just fix it right away so definitely a yeah, lot easier to get updates which is neat which is neat a neat time to be in for that and and there's a couple of streamers who just flat out ref refuse to play warzone even though it is one of the best draws for their view counts because of how one-dimensional warzone has become because streamers don't play core and hardcore on their streams because it just doesn't pull the same view counts but right right sure a couple of them are. right 
so it's it's one of those things where like i guess the the devs of the game it's activision who did this game right it's not infinity ward activision yes. did cold war and black ops so i guess where black ops was like paying attention to the people who were streaming the game and playing it constantly because i i I would assume that Activision has kind of taken over the development and the updates as far as Warzone is concerned with them having the newest game out. But uh, it's actually yeah, it's, there's uh, a, there's it's, a... Activision was the publisher, but the developers are Treyarch and Raven Software. That's I couldn't think of the name. So yeah, no, Treyarch. Yeah, well, Treyarch. Oh well, like I said though, so so Treyarch and Raven Software, right. I think that's what you said. Yeah, so that's what I have said. taken over the uh, development of of the updates and patches for Warzone because obviously their guns are the new guns, the ones that need to be balanced. So they're the ones that are having to pay attention and send out the patches and things like that. So when when top streamers and I say top, they're pulling maybe. 3,000 views in a stream or 3,000 like consistent viewers at a time on their streams. That's big enough. Right. And yeah. Um, so when they absolutely refuse to play, play Warzone and they go play something else, that's, that's kind of a wake up call for like, Hey, maybe we're, we should pay more attention to what's happening in the meta of our game. Yeah. So, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to follow. Absolutely. All right. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and get to the gaming news of the week. Although we guess we get a little bit there with the updates. Um, a little bit going on this week. Uh, I want to talk about a couple things. Joshua, I want to take the first topic here. This one's kind of a big one for a lot of people. Oh. Um, That's you. Yeah. Yeah, that is me. Um, Cyberpunk 2077, um, they well, kind of announced. It was revealed, sort of that um, they'll be getting their first free DLCs and hopefully early 2021, but based on how CD Projekt Red has dealt with this game so far, that could be six months from now. Who knows, right? Um, but the their free DLCs are going to work a lot like uh, The Witcher 3 and stuff like that. So like, yeah, the free ones that come out, because they will probably have ones that cost money, are going to be mostly stuff like cosmetics. Um, like different character customization options and stuff like that, and uh, like maybe like a few quests here and there in the free ones. But mm. kind of, I lost the article for a second. Sorry. But um, but yeah, hopefully here in the next few months we will see some free DLCs. And I saw some people, and well, not some people, a lot of people are kind of like upset about it, sort of. Because they're like, oh, you should be working on fixing the game right now, not coming out with DLCs. But they don't realize CD Projekt Red is a huge company. Right. They have, they have, they have more multiple than teams working on. Yeah. Yeah. And like by the time that that stuff is coming out and they're coming out with like new installments of DLC, that's going to cost money. It's going to add a lot more to the game. The game's right. going to be a much, much different game than it is now. Like I understand people. There'll be new glitches for you to explore. Yeah. New glitches always. <laughs> Which I don't want to get too much into that because that's actually the next topic that I cover. But um, yeah. Well, the thing with with the DLC that people are upset about is is the the class action lawsuit that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, potentially happening, is going to happen. And 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 the more I've read up on it, the less I agree with the people who are bringing the lawsuit against the studio. Well, I think it's the investors, um, right? Yeah, it's well, the investors okay. who basically, basically put their the name thing, on the game. Yeah, basically the whole thing about the class action lawsuit is uh 
long story short, investors feel like they got chumped. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like they were saying that CD Projekt Red didn't um, tell them about how buggy the game was whenever they were asking investors to invest. So they they're saying that they lost money and stuff like that over the launch of the game, which is crazy because, of, because it had a huge selling. I mean, it sold a crap ton. Yeah, it but did. people got refunds. People were getting their money back for it, and right. Well, and that was something I wanted to talk about is is the refunds were really and I guess there's a lot more people playing it on PS4 and Xbox One than even PC and the next gen console. But but going into this, they they said that this game was for the next generation of console and the next generation of graphics cards and and processors and things like that for PC. So the lawsuit that I, I I've been kind of following this a little bit since we started this podcast. Cause you know, I'd like to be educated on what I'm talking about um, is basically that they were presenting false information to gain, to, to get financial gain on what they were working on. Right. right. Which in one sense, they kind of were because all the, the, the betas and the gameplay and the early releases that they did, um, it was all for PC. None of it was for, current gen because that's the term they're using for the xbox one but and the ps4 say, that's where their main issue is lying right now is xbox one and ps4 right and and they said that the game wasn't ready and and i know earlier in earlier podcasts even on achievement unlocked the podcast that we did before this one which if you want to listen go ahead um, <laughs> we talked about kind of being annoyed with with them delaying it so many times, but, but, but having played cyberpunk for the five and a half, six hours that I did, I'm not as upset with them for delaying it the way they did, because I think they knew how buggy it was. They were trying to just come out with a complete game. I mean, like we talked about before, they did make a mistake giving a definite release date on a game that they knew had issues. And then with this class action lawsuit, I kind of feel like the investors had more information than they're letting on because, you know, they don't want to sound like they got caught with their pants down. Yeah, but from what I've but from what I've read, Project Red was pretty open with their game not being ready for last generation console. Granted, they weren't expecting it to be quite as buggy as it is. But like some of the articles and stuff I've read, they were like, it's it's not there yet. So it's one of those weird things where I'm kind of on the side of the studio and the devs themselves instead of the people who are suing them. Right. And maybe this is just my middle class, like take what you can get and you work hard for what you have, which project red obviously did for cyberpunk. But it it just feels like these, these investors and things like that are, are getting a little big for their britches. And I'm, I'm fully rooting for project red in this lawsuit because I don't think that they they're saying they're saying they're going to defend themselves uh, in their words vigorously. Right. And And I don't think that they falsely. I don't think that they falsely advertise anything. They said like, it's not ready, but obviously their community and their following were like, Hey, we really want this game. We're ready for this game. You've delayed it three times in 2020 alone. Just give it to us. Yeah. So they did, and they were met with backlash by the same people who were saying, hey, give it to us. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the investors did versus what the player base did. You got to remember, those are two different types of people. The investors yeah. <clears throat> might have said, hey, wait. But they also might have said, no, we want to push for holiday sales. So it's really going <clears> to... <throat> pardon me. Um, It's really going to really depend on what they... uh. What 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 the push was from the investors and if they can make an actual argument as far as sales go they they projected twenty million or excuse me they projected sixteen million at this point and even with the refunds they're at thirteen million pretty respectable for how for all the, the bad publicity that Cyberpunk has got so I mean I think overall we're just gonna have to watch and see what happens uh, more stuff's gonna come with the game I think it's gonna sell I think it's a good game um, hopefully the investors start making money I mean we're gonna just move on about it you know what I mean I can't really say much in terms money. of and, and, and I can't really say much in terms of the game being unplayable in my sense because I did play it on PC. Yes, right, it was right. buggy, but it was playable. Right. But like, I really feel bad for CD Projekt Red because their stock prices plummeted so much with the company's founders losing over a billion dollars in value from their joint share. Which is crazy because, again, they only missed their sale by three million. That's really not that bad. Yeah. It's really not. Well, there's they people say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but but that there definitely well, is. And this, is definitely like this, bad is, this is definitely the, the example of bad publicity. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. We'll but see. like I said, it's one of those yeah. things where I'm 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 definitely rooting for the developers because I enjoyed what I played. I bet you now would be a good time. Now would be a good time to buy in them. I bet you. Right. I'm, I'm sure they're going to figure it out and they're going to come back with it. I mean, it's give, a big game company. A they, they make big games. Like they're not, they're not going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And I don't think it's going to be an, another Anthem situation. No, no. This game has plenty, plenty of content. Right. Yeah, but give them a month or two and they'll come out with a few more big patches and the game will be not perfect, but right. fine. And then the DLC will drop and everyone will be, will be over it. It'll be like, oh, great, great. Yeah. You know, so it'll be, and then exactly. their stock will go right back up. Uh, mm-hmm. So moving on from there, um, Xbox Series X and S has asked AMD for help. JT, I think you have the article on this. Why don't you read it from us? I did, and it was one of those things where um, Xbox was they well, I say Xbox, Microsoft severely underestimated. I think what their sales were going to do. Uh-huh. With 2020 being the COVID year and everybody's at home, so people wanted to do something that wasn't watching or binging Netflix or whatever they did in their spare time. But Microsoft basically, or the head of Xbox, I remember their name. Um, Phil Spencer. Yeah. Basically reached out to AMD because the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 even run on AMD processors and... and um, graphics cards to, to make their systems run the way they do for cheaper. Exactly. They, that way they don't have to do the R and the R and D for their own parts. And I feel like that's a, a better way to go about it. And it it's, a, helps. It's, it's a good way to go about it, but it, we're definitely seeing that it kind of, but it bit them in the butt because Xbox is running at full capacity. They're trying to get with AMD to get the parts that they want because AMD is also facing some shortages yeah. too. So it's like because they're, they're, I mean, they're supplying both PlayStation and Xbox, right? Yep. And they're GPU also supplying GPU. themselves as well. And regular GPU and and CPU. Yeah. So you basically right. So you just had a huge, huge jump in production, right? That they've never seen before. Usually, they just were providing computers when they were competing with other computer companies. Now they're they're taking the brunt of the mo- the bigger consoles all of a sudden. So it's yeah. you know on top of the other COVID things. I mean. 
And they're pretty much just going to AMD, like, please just give us more parts because we're, we're putting them together as fast as we can. We just need you to help us to get this right. And um, a couple of articles that I looked into don't really have a huge or really any statement from AMD as far as their what they think of what's going on. But it's one of those things where I, I don't think that Microsoft under produced their systems because this is the first time I've ever actually heard of Microsoft having a problem with production issues with their consoles. I just think with the added challenge of COVID as far as getting their production going, because obviously COVID restricted how they were going to be able to do it. It also increased the demand for the console. Um, You know, and it's one of those things where, Everybody's at home. Um, they're either playing video games, having fun times, or drinking or watching Netflix. Like that's that's kind of all you can really do unless you've got kids, and then you have a couple other things you can do. Um, as far as keeping them entertained. Um, but it's it's I'm not upset about the production issues as i was with the switch you know it's one of those like you kind of have to um you kind of have to understand what's going on because 2020 was a rough year for everybody which it's now on our review mirror and hopefully we're on the upswing right so like i said i'm not super upset about it i'm kind of curious to see what amd's response is to it you know, my, is, my thing anyway is I don't typically buy the new consoles until there's enough, enough content. There is not a whole lot of content on right. the new consoles. I'm okay with waiting a little while no. anyway. So it's for me, it's like it's not a big deal. I know that, that um, the supply will eventually go up uh, as long as they don't raise their prices. Because um, right now, obviously, you're, you're, you're talking about spending $800 on the cheaper version of the Xbox One when you're buying it from the secondhand buyers. So, I, I mean, I, I just won't buy it until they get it right. It'll catch up eventually. Right. I'm not going to play into a scalper's scheme because right. that's not I, I don't fair play to the community that much, as, yeah. a, as itself. And I have some very strong opinions on scalpers anyway, but that's another podcast for or another conversation for another I mean, podcast. Scalpers would be one um, thing that if, if they were going to people who normally can't buy it, right? But the fact that there's so many of them and it's actually affecting the supply, that's the real well, issue. Well, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who run, who more or less runs a, a vape shop that I go to. And he was, he was kind of telling me is like scalpers have programs and stuff that they built right. to literally buy as much as they can. Mm-hmm. As soon as it drops, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a program that automatic that refreshes the shop page on whatever company right. uses bots product stuff, they're trying yeah. to buy. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, it makes it almost impossible for the average consumer like you and I, and I assume most of our listeners to get the product yeah. unless they get lucky. We actually dove so, into that a little bit. The week, the one of the weeks that you were off, we had, we had our, our friend Sterling on. Um, yeah, that was a good and, one. I listened to that. Yeah. That and he, um, and he actually gave us the website of some of those scalpers and it, it's funny, right? They're like, look at us, look at this and all these magazines that we've been in. And they're actually showing like magazines, like showing off and bragging. And every single magazine that they're posting is actually a, an article trashing them. So they just have no right, shame, they which, don't is, care which, which is pretty funny. Right. Well, and it's weird because it's already a Ponzi scheme because you have to pay in to use their bots and then hopefully you get to sell your crap. So not only are they making money using their own bots selling crap, they're also making money selling their technology to other scalpers. Pretty crazy overall, the whole industry that's that's come around it. But honestly, you really wouldn't have that big of a it, deal 
if you just had enough Xboxes to meet the demand, then honestly, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, that's just like the reality, I said though. You know? Microsoft, as far as I know, I've only I've never I didn't buy the 360 when it launched. I mm-hmm. bought it two or three years after into its life, which the 360 lasted a solid like seven years before they released the one, if not a little longer. Right. Um, I bought one used actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where I was late into that online gaming experience. But at the same time, I don't think scalpers were quite as prevalent as they are today. For example, like the... the they didn't have uh, the tools, they, it, they, they for sure. Right. And for example, like the NVIDIA 30 series, the 3080 series graphics yeah. cards, they literally dropped at $600, which was unheard of for a new graphics card right. with, that is as powerful as that one is. Like the previous generation one that could could meet the low end of the 3080 series was a $1,200 card at launch. Right. But, but now with, with people buying so many of them, which I don't know if there's any way that they could police that anymore. Um, people buying them and, and marking them up to 12, 15, 13, 12, 1200, $1,300, $1,400 a pop, literally doubling their money on the card. It makes it, like for people like me who are trying to build a PC because mine's still in parts because, you know, stuff is hard to find. Right. It's makes it difficult. It it sucks for the average consumer. And, and I don't want to get into this, but it's one of those things that should be illegal, but it's not because there's no way to police it because they're still technically buying the product. Right. I don't think it should be illegal. I think companies should have better policies about selling it. Like if you're on the same IP address, you cannot buy 10. You know what I mean? Like, or if you you're going to have like two max, right? I think companies, I think the issue is I think companies, um, they could solve it themselves, but they're just happy. Their products are moving and selling it a, a way they've never sold before. So they're like, they're okay with having the increased demand because not only are they going to sell, they also know that the scalpers have to sell at a higher price. So when they have more stock, they're still going to sell what they have because it's for cheaper than what the scalpers have. So they're, they're, they're making out no matter what they do. So I really think, you know, companies like, you know, your, your general retailers and even online stores just can really need to step up on how they, uh, how they stop these things. Cause most of it, like you said, is most of it is with bots. Most of it is with technology and that's really what right. they, um, that's really what they need to, to figure out. And, to, uh, they, again, they could put a stop to it. They put the effort to it. They just really haven't. I just, I think that's the real issue. So. Well, but it also hurts them in the long run too, and that's that's the thing that I've I'm in, this, in a couple of the articles I've read. I don't have them in front of me to, to to reference them, but it's it's hurting them as well. Like it's helping them in the short term, but long term, it's one of those things. Like, well, if that's what's going to happen, I'm going to go get this this off brand thing so I can get my PC put together and I'll play it medium graphics, which is which was what I did. I went and got the last generation graphics card for. For the one that I ended up buying, it's it's not the top of the line, but it but, was. But was it still from them? No, I got a an Asus uh, Radeon okay. graphics card for my my PC, which right. it was the Asus like Rog Strix fifty seven hundred, I, I believe. It's it's behind me, but I'm, right, I'm right. not in a position in which I can no, turn yeah, you're good, and you're look. Good, yeah. and, um, but but I went with a generation older and i'm still going to be able to play games just fine they're going to run just fine i'm not going to be able to play on the ultra settings that everybody is so excited about with these new games like cyberpunk and and cold war stuff like that but it's still going to run it's still going to do what i needed to do so in a sense 
while they made all of their money up front, they're now having to scramble to get the product back out again to be able to sell yeah. it on their store to make their money. Because otherwise they end up losing money because the scalpers buy them out almost immediately. And then those scalpers double or triple the yeah. profit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so, I mean, maybe on the short term they may lose some sales. But again, I, I, I don't think it's true that they're not making their money. I think they're making their money twice. I think they're making it once. And when the parts do have it, there's always more people buying it. When you're coming out with a product that good for that cheap, you're going to get people buying it just because they know they can sell it for more. So then on top of that, <clears throat> even if, like you said, you already have your computer, there's still plenty of people out there that are like, well, I might just buy one anyway just because I have it for my next build or I can sell it for more money. So again... Really, it's gonna come up to them to figure out how to stop these people. So, and and another thing, and then we'll kind of close this out a little bit. Is as I have this cat came into where I work, and we were talking. He's one of my regulars because I work in retail. For those who don't know, he's one of my regulars, and he bought a bootleg one. Like like this this person or group that he follows bought two or three of the thirty eighty Ti's or whatever the top of the line Nvidia card is. And they, um, oh, what's the word? They took it apart. I can't think of what the word is. Um, and and <clears throat> took it apart and figured out what made it what it was. And then more or less started built pro- their own version. producing their own, their own version of it. So yeah. it was still the NVIDIA 30 whatever top of the line it was. But he was able to get it because they were putting together their own and then selling them at a huge markup. which is where I think that companies, if they don't produce enough before they launch it, start to lose their money mm-hmm. because people want that card or that Xbox or that PlayStation or that monitor or whatever electronic device that you're talking about is they start going to the third party people who build the product for the, with the same quality, the same specs and whatever and put it out there as, hey, this is going to match slash beat whatever you can buy from this company. So, right, that's kind of where I stand on that. It's one of those things um, that it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it with this new wave of technology coming out because I don't think they were expecting it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in other news, um, moving on from technology and things like that, more specifically about a new game uh, for those who are a fan of the Age of Empires series. Um, apparently, Age Empires 4 is literally being played right now. Not only is the game out there, uh, you can't buy it yet, but it's in a playable state. And the people who are playing it say they're literally playing it every day and they love it. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. a cool article to read. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who really played a lot of the um, Age Empire games. I know I played them. I, I actually I've played both the definitive editions and the HD editions that came after that. Um, I've honestly I, I I love those games. A lot of my computer game time uh, in my early years, like when I first got a computer that could play games, was Age of Empires. So a lot of fond memories for me playing those games. And you look at the trailer for it. Um, it really looks next level as far as what exactly is going on in this game. Definitely suggest you taking a look at well, it. Uh, it's pretty freaking cool. We'll break it down for someone who, like me, who's never played a game like that. What what kind of game is it? Because uh, well, Joshua a, and I were talking. Yeah, 
where when we were hanging out earlier, we were, we were trying to compare it to like Clash of Clans, and I just don't think that's a, that's a correct no uh, way it, to describe it, it. It's definitely a strategy game. You ever play Halo Wars? I didn't, but I had a okay. good friend who did and said it was phenomenal. Okay, well, so it basically it's it's a a strategy game based off of resource gathering. Um, so pretty much there's a map. Your characters start on a map. Uh, you start with what's called villagers. You then use your villagers to gather resources, wood, stone, gold, whatever, and then you build buildings, which build more things. You then use your, you know, your, you build you build farms, which gather food. You then go ahead, you build more villagers to increase, you know, thing, whatever, and then eventually you build barracks, you build troops, and you just build an army. And it's it's an old-style strategy game. Um, re- I mean, they really don't make a lot of games that are this type of strategy anymore. A lot of the strategy games are more like your Total Wars um, and things like that. Uh, it's definitely an older feeling, a lot like the like Command and Conquer games too. If you ever played those games, definitely a throwback. So what you're saying is you actually have to use your brain to play the game. A little bit, yeah. There's definitely different strategies and things like that. Things you can research, and every single um, person you can be has different types of troops and technologies. Um, so then you have to best mm-hmm. figure out how to use that. Um, <clears throat> the pretty much the best strategy is building a wall around your base as soon as possible, building a bunch of villagers, and and attacking as early as possible. That's pretty much how the game works. And as you quote unquote go through the age, right? Because you have to get enough. Let's say you know your your worker gathers ten food every ten seconds or whatever every minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you put ten workers on that, so you're gathering more food every minute. So the point is to get enough food to gather to the next. Like for the first one, it was like Stone Age, Iron Age, Bronze Age, whatever. Then the next one was Medieval Age, Emp- Imperial Age, um, and then it had a Colonial one that was also very similar to that. <clears throat> um, you're basically trying to progress through the ages as quickly as possible to get better technology so you can build better armies and then you can go attack the enemy bases. Uh, so basically okay. a, a base building game is really a, a, a top down base building game where you click and tell people where to go. Pretty much the best way to describe that game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Age empires. Uh, it looks from the looks of it, it looks way better than every, any type of click, you know, top head click strategy game that, that I've ever seen. It looks better than halo wars. I mean, it looks, um, Halo Super Wars neat. 2 was a very highly acclaimed game. I didn't play it because I, you know, I thought I Halo Wars. I actually, thought, to... yeah, I thought Halo Wars one was better though. That was just my opinion though. Really? I did. Yeah, I thought nice. Halo. I thought Halo Wars two was a little bit lacking. Um, but again, I love strategy games. So for those who like strategy games, it's coming out. Um, World's Edge is the, the company making it, and it is pretty exciting and pretty good stuff going on over there. Uh, besides nice. that, so. So something else that, that we were wanted to talk about tonight is another game called Eve Online. Um, we talked yeah. about it a few weeks ago, or yeah. maybe even a month ago at this point. Yeah, we were talking about how they actually built a monument to a battle that was like right. huge and cost a crap ton of legitimate money. Yeah, as far as what the players spent to get their their characters or characters, I don't think it's the correct term, but their, their ships, ships and stuff for the right. battle. But EVE Online actually just had their biggest battle in the history of the game as far as what it costs the players who spent money and spent time playing. And it was the the, the battle ended up costing the equivalent of $340,000 USD. Right. As far uh, as what people paid to get what they had for that battle. And that's just absolutely wild to think about. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, the in-game currency was twenty worth $23 trillion. Um, Basically, the, one of the biggest ships in the game is called the Titan. 
uh, they have giant weapons, and to build a Titan and to get a Titan set up right, it costs literally over a thousand dollars of real money. When you compare it to that the in-game mind. right? And so, I mean, people take this game very in depth. It's a very serious thing. Uh, the previous battle that I had talked about um, was I mean, it was a huge it was a huge engagement. It lasted hours. It was across the world, thousands of players. Well, this one, like you said, it, it beat that record. The original one, I think, like seventy Titans got destroyed. Um, and for or, uh, the previous record was 75. And so this battle, which lasted 14 total hours, 14 hours, nonstop battling in game had 251 Titans destroyed, which again, those are just a thousand dollars a pop right there. So that's a huge part of that $340,000 of real world, uh, currency. So again, and, it's massive. There's videos of it. It's really kind of cool and, and kind of nerdy. You just see thousands of ships going against thousands of other ships and all these thousands of player playing at the same time. Super wild, but also something super cool at the same time. It's like one of those games that and people take not- super seriously and it's just entertaining to, to see the fallout of that. I actually followed a couple, uh, I went through a couple of the different articles attached to the one that we are using for this specific podcast. that was talking about this particular battle. Um, the the developers of Eve Online and never actually said their name or I just don't remember them for reasons. Um <laughs> mm. uh said that they're actually testing like individual like F like first person uh user heads up displays so they can load in even more players into battles without the, the game just crashing, which apparently their servers are phenomenal as it is anyway i mean yeah eight thousand people yeah it's crazy man it's crazy um and this particular battle we're talking about broke records for the most like concurrent players in a uh in a single server and working on that and there was one other one which most the most unique characters in a single battle which is six thousand yeah the most unique characters in the the battle and it was one of those things like and they're working on trying to make it bigger than what it is already and it's I kind of want to get into this game, but I just don't know that I have, and this is going to sound weird to say, but I just don't know that I have the funds to be able to get into this game right. and compete at the level to be a part of something like this. Now, um, now a lot of this, a lot of these things aren't purchased, right? So it is in-game currency. So it's like, yes, you can buy it, but there's also ways to mine it. So a lot of people who have their ships, right? They, they grind for them. So it's not that it's just that much money. But that is the equivalent of when you buy it straight out, right? And a lot of people do buy their stuff straight out because, you know, they're they're addicted to the game and that's what they like and there's more power to them. Um, right. The fact that it's, it's just worth that much is just, just insane. I can just imagine, you know, thousands of ships going after each other and I'm kind of wondering if they're going to build another monument to this battle because it's wild. And, you know, there's a reason why... I'd be surprised um, if they didn't. I mean, because a, a battle this big, basically, in, in, the, in the game, in the game world... Uh, there's corporations, and these corporations bid for contracts, but pe- companies, apparently, like, people run these companies and stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a real-world aspect that it's imitating based off that. So it's not like the same battle's gonna happen tomorrow. It'll take months, if not, like, right. years of people rebuilding their fleets, and then we'll get to see another one, and that's what Eve's trying to be, is Eve's trying to basically geek the game bigger so they're ready for the next big battle, which is, you know, who knows how long that'll be, which is still yeah, pretty the, crazy. the article... The article that we're using that we use to to get this to put together our podcast actually said that that Eve Online's developers are trying to make this game last beyond mm. beyond the players who are playing now. Like like right. they wanted to outlive the 
we were playing it now and and that's right. just wild to think about when did when did eve drop um i was actually just looking that up yeah eve release date it, it, it uh, 2003 so it already has a huge life right uh that's that's uh 18 that's... years already in may it'll be 18 mm-hmm. years so i mean it already has a huge life for an online game but again at games that are that complicated with that much in-depth economy making you can't replicate like that right you kind of have to um which really is what gives mmos in general their 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 long their long playing is because the economy that is built in from the players is just you cannot replicate you just can't bring that over to a new game because the resources are different there's different amounts of resources you don't know it takes a long time to figure out what resource is worth what right um so yeah they want to keep this game running for as long as they freaking can because it people love it you know people who are it into also it makes me really wonder into it. it also makes me wonder when the last time they uh like added something new to the game yeah, I mean, apparently you know. it, it faces good updates. Uh, I mean, because they're, they're always doing updates. They're always doing something. I mean, because, again, they have a decent, solid player base that's always spending money. So, I mean, you know, to, to keep a game active, you're going to always add something. So, But, no, that's that's bonkers to think about. Like I said, I don't... I say this, and I've never actually legitimately sat down and tried to play a game like this. I just mm-hmm. don't have the brain power to, to think through a game like that. That's why I, like... Yeah, single player like linear story games or your multiplayer Halo and COD and stuff like that. It's where like I can I just play sit down and play and relax. Yeah. Um, so it's words that I never thought would come out of mouth. That's a really neat thing that an MMO survived. You said eighteen years in in yeah in May it'll be eighteen years already so. in May. Like this game is not new. This is a very old game by today's standards. Like, what's the average lifespan of a game? Like, Call of Duty may barely last nine months before right. the next one comes out. Right. And, well, and Call of Duty is probably the the, the, the the least. Like, the, the Call of Duty probably is the absolute lowest player base because they're always ready for the next one. I would say you know three to four years for a game is probably a good amount of time. Like, you know, if it's if, if it's a multiplayer game that's actually a pretty respectable time, three to four years. Single player games, obviously you can last forever. I mean, I'm still playing Skyrim. So, I mean, I can't say too right. much about that, but the fact that it's a multiplayer game lasting along pretty wild overall. So is there even, have you ever actually played Eve? Uh, I, I have, I have, I want to say I did a long time ago. I tried it. Um, I've also played games that are similar to it. It is definitely a little more complicated. You're running your ship, you're running resources, you're, you're, interacting with different people. It, it It's a lot to get used to for sure. It's definitely a learning. Is curve. there, is there a strictly single player mode in this game or is it straight up you drop in and you have to battle people who are on your level who are just loading in for the first time? I, yeah, I, I, bl- I believe that it's it's what you just said is it, it's, it's strictly multiplayer. It's strictly multiplayer. Yeah. And the reason why people just don't just attack, always attack random people. And obviously you do get that to a degree. Um, but again, people are doing contracts and different sectors have security and people pay people for security. So it's really complicated. Like it runs like a little bit like the real world. Like there's police forces and things like that. And the fact that they have these elements, again, you just can't replicate that. That just takes years of people dedicated to build it, you know? From what I understand, it sounds like there's legitimately people in all the major and, and and this is just me not knowing the game. I don't know what the major factions would be, but it sounds like the major factions all have someone online at any given time during oh, yeah. any given day. 
during yeah. any given anything just to make sure that their faction doesn't just get obliterated because their entire and, and to use a role playing from GTA term, a role playing term, their entire faction is asleep. Like it's right. it's almost impossible to find one of the major factions asleep. Right, right exactly. So, and, and part of that has to do with the fact that the game is very global. Like this game is a lot bigger in other countries than it is here, actually. Um, which is wild to think about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Granted, maybe us Americans like our arcade shooters a little too much, but. That actually probably is some of it, honestly. It's like when you look at the the top played games between um, Western Europe versus Eastern Europe, and Western Europe is very much uh, Minecraft, and Eastern Europe was almost completely Fortnite. Uh, there's definitely so different different social things. Like p- people like different things, cultures like different things. You know, like Korea, right. StarCraft is really big. StarCraft is a huge game in Korea. StarCraft isn't really as big. Um, like I've never played StarCraft before, but. A lot of gamers in Korea. It's like, oh yeah, it, Star- you heard of it, yeah, but you don't play it. But it's like, oh yeah, everyone plays StarCraft. It's like you know, so it's all different. So but that's what yeah, I like. No, I love I love cool games like that 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 provide replayability and really get complicated with the, with the guts of things and it just it just makes things interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but 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 no, I'm I'm excited to see what 2021 holds. Um, as we're at the very beginning of it with this recording. Um. I know for me personally, it already feels a little bit lighter with given the state of the world. Um, I know there are some people who would absolutely disagree with me, but I think, I think as far as the gaming world is concerned, and even media and uh, by even mo- movies and media and things like that and TV shows, I think, I think we're going to enter into a uh, not a golden age because we haven't had one of those in a while. But I think we're going to enter into a very very good run of new content because of 2020 they literally kind of had to stop right it's gonna it's gonna like be an overflow like just people spit out everything because all of a sudden everyone can release their crap yeah i hear you i feel exactly so i feel like i feel like we're we're gonna have i gotta be real i think 2021 2021 is gonna be a pretty mediocre year but i think 2022 is gonna be a pretty big year for movies and video games and tv shows and stuff and i'm pretty excited about that well i hope so and pod squad we will be here the whole time leading the squad talking about it breaking it down every week to week um and that is all we have for you guys today jt anything you want to say as we finish up it's been a crazy 2020. Let's let's go do something nice for someone in 2021. All right. And my advice to you is do not eat the yellow snow. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Or talk to you. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs>